Hey y'all, it's Jeremy. Just giving you a disclaimer up front. We recorded this episode the week leading up to Batman v Superman. We had no idea that some of our ideas were going to be put into practice in Batman v Superman. Also, we are sorry about the delay. It's been a crazy month, and sometimes life just hits you hard and you're not able to get everything you need to get done, done. But we are back on track and hopefully we'll be hitting you up soon with the next installment of Sequel Quest. Thanks again for listening and cue up Man of Steel 2! Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises, a journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy, let the adventure begin now. This is Sequel Quest. That's right, you have arrived. Thank you for being here. We've got a night of intense action, superheroic feats, comedy, fun, everything else you want to throw in there. Wait, you can't have that in a DC film. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get into that. Believe it. So we are uh, glad to have you with us yet another week. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's just throw it out up top. If you want to get to know us a little bit better, you want to make your voice heard, you want to throw your two cents in. Find us online. We're all over social media. You can yak at us, tweet at us, at SQPod. You can go to SequelQuestPod.com and make sure you check out all the archives and see past episodes. You can find us on iTunes. While you're there, leave us a five-star review or whatever stars you think we've earned. Uh, You could actually go ahead and uh, tell the folks out there what uh, amused you most or what could we could improve. We'll listen to it. We'll read it. Don't worry. We're not afraid. We can take it. We're tough. We're men of steel. Or share it with your friends and tell all of them, listen to what these morons came up with. That's right. We, we're, we're not precious about our ideas at all, but we hope they're entertaining. So with that, as you might have guessed, tonight we are talking about Man of Steel. That's right. Why, why would they have guessed that? I mentioned Man we... of Steel. We were Men of Steel. Yeah, he totally threw it <laughs> Yeah, in you there. gave a brief <laughs> reference. They didn't even have to yeah, read between was, the lines. It was not very... <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Okay, Jeff is yeah, the Zod yeah. of this episode. He's the doubting what? council oh. of Krypton. In this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's all good. So we're, we're talking about Man of Steel. For those of you uh, who were tracking who was in that film, who do we have? We had Henry Cavill. We had Kevin Costner. We had Russell Crowe. We had Amy Adams. We had Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, an excellent villain. And uh, several other people. I mean, if you're a big fan of Lawrence Fishburne, there he was. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we are going to get into all of that. But, you know, the Superman films have a big legacy. Let's meet our super cast of hosts, Super Jeff. Hey. Super Justin. It's always a big hey. And Super Jeremy. hey And I'm Super Adam. But the Superman films, right? Like, Superman is the original superhero cinematic experience for people. That was it. Superman, 1978. He gave it uh, something that people thought was just for kids. 
made it somehow for adults, which is crazy. Like it, it was actually like appreciated. Uh, I don't know where you guys fall with the original series of films. Jeremy? I was not around. <laughs> I was definitely not around either. Jeff, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of us were there, man. What are you? None of us were there. We were hoping you you had something to reveal that you actually were forty years old and you were there. <laughs> no. And we all went to high school together. That's but right. I I was actually yeah three when I was in high school, but. <laughs> Gross. But, but so so but these original films with Christopher Reeve, he's so iconic in that role. People love the man. I mean, he may have done other, you know, somewhere in time and what other films, noises off, whatever. But Christopher Reeve is Superman. That's what we do him as. Yeah. Margot Kidder. Right. She there was, was Lois Lane. There was even a Christopher Reeve cameo in Man of Steel. Oh yeah? Yeah. How did I miss that one? Wait, what? It I was a know blink that. Wait, and you on. miss it thing. Okay. So it was all CGI, but it's when um, Henry Cavill Superman is flying up to destroy the world engine when he's fighting against the current, and it pulls his face into looking as Christopher Reeve. What? That is nuts. Oh, that was that's an oh, interesting man. thought. I have to go it's, back and it's I don't a weird way to hell on it. I didn't mean to confess this to you guys, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen uh, it? If you ask me, a better I've seen cameo it twice, but I didn't like watch it this week in prep. But I mean, like, were 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 the original Superman films, the 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 Richard Donner film, the first one, and the others, even the Quest for Peace, were those films that resonate with you at all? Does anybody have memories of those films? No. Really? For me, like, and, and I mentioned this in our Supergirl. I don't know if, if you've already heard the Supergirl or you won't hear it for a while. I you don't should know go back and listen to, to it. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Go back and listen to it because it was years ago. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I mentioned in Supergirl what a, a huge big fan I am of the super of the original Superman film that, for me, what I love about that first film, and I've come to appreciate it more and more and more as I every time I watch it and as I grow into an adult, is the fact that it did what I don't think any other superhero movie has actually done, and that's make superheroes like... <sighs> real? No. Make a superhero story a regular story, where the fact that it's Superman is almost secondary, I think, to the cinematic, like... It's telling a great story that happens to be about Superman is what I think makes it such an amazing film. Because if you watch it, like the way that it's done and the way that it's built as a movie, I think is is incredible. I mean, it starts off with the comic book and the kid flipping open the page and telling the story and yada, yada, yada. There's just so much brilliance. Marlon Brando is the dad. And I mean, like all of the different levels that they throw into that movie are just, are just absolutely brilliant. And the sad thing is, is I love, I mean, I love Christopher Reeve, especially because of that movie. But the reality is Christopher Reeve was not the world's greatest actor. And I feel like Richard Donner knew that. So they only gave him a handful of lines and it was brilliant. Like in the later movies, they gave him more and more lines, and it kind of got progressively worse. Yeah, what, I mean, what I still Christopher have nightmares. lacked in acting skill, he just made up for with sincerity. He he was just so into oh the role, he lived well, it. And it's the amazing thing that I and I've heard people have said that no iteration of a film or TV Superman has so captured the difference between Clark Kent and Superman as he did. 
Usually it's just I put on glasses and I'm a different person. But I mean, like that one scene still gives me chills where he they do their whole flying thing with him and Lois, and then he comes back as Clark, and then he's deciding if he should tell her, and he takes off the glasses, and it looks like he grows four inches. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a different person. Like it was so amazing how he could do that. It seems so simple, but again, apparently nobody else has figured it out. Yeah, they they change the camera angle on it, and that really does it. <laughs> No, he's just his whole physical performance. <laughs> the DP right. got off his soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the thing with the, I find very interesting about that first film is the, the original script for that. Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, he wrote that screenplay, the initial one, and it was like 500 pages yeah. long. So they were filming oh the second films. Like the plan was just film it back to back, and they're just like, okay, we'll just you know we'll do the whole thing, but you know we got to do it in two movies. And then, so they started filming it. Richard Donner had some disagreements with the producers, and then he was off the film. So then they replaced it with Richard Lester, who directed A Hard Day's Night, starring the Beatles back in the 60s. <laughs> Said he added a lot of comedy and a lot of goofiness to Superman 2, which is still a cool story. Like, I mean, Lex Luthor was great. Gene Hackman is great in the first one. Zod, Terrence Stamp, does a great job in the second one. Um, but it but it was kind of goofy with his you know the the way they portrayed the the evil <laughs> intentions of the the bad Kryptonian trio. Um, but then for me, the film that like of the original grouping that that means the most sense to me uh, makes the most sense gives me the most memories is the third film, Superman three, starring oh, Richard boy. Pryor. <laughs> also Superman, but mostly Richard Pryor. I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> Superman 3 in a while, but literally, like, Richard Pryor was the hottest thing in the world in, like, the early 80s. He made a comment during a, a talk show interview that and he was telling a story about Superman. Next thing you know, they're contacting him, hey, you want to be in our Superman movie? And then, and he, then he's in it. And I just remember there's a scene where this woman, who is one of the evil ladies, she gets assimilated by a computer, she basically becomes a Borg. Like she, yeah, she okay. just gets all these like computer circuits and stuff attached to her, and it, it scared the daylights out of me as a kid. Like it was, yeah, it's too. still frightening now. Go back and find it online on YouTube. It, it it's just scary. Like <laughs> what happens to her, and so uh, like that's the one that always stuck out for me the most. You know, the Superman quest for peace. He's fighting the Solar Man. Who is just sad. He was a literal Chippendales dancer yeah. that they hired to, to fight Superman with long nails that scratched Superman and made him sick. Just like, yeah, oh, dear. right. Yeah, you I remember that one now? <laughs> one other thing that I, I love, and it's Marvel. It feels like Marvel hasn't quite figured it out. Every now and then they do. Like there was a couple of moments in Thor, but for me, and it's the same thing, like George Lucas knew it and then forgot it and then still forgot it, I guess now. Um, <laughs> but is that for me, if you're going to tell a story about a hero, super or otherwise, you need to show them being heroic. So if you're going to show Superman, like especially like it's it's usually that moment where their powers are no longer enough and their character has to kind of like will them to more. They kind of did that in Man of Steel where he was fighting against the world killer or whatever it was. But for me, as ridiculous as it is for people a lot of times looking at it today, the fact that like after Lex Luthor detonates the thing and he's going to sink California into the sea, 
Superman literally flies into the Earth, puts California on his back, literally, and lifts it up. It's like, that's Superman. That's what Superman should do. Superman should literally heal the planet with his body. Like, that's amazing. That's, should he also that's turn back time, do. Jeff, for his own selfish well, for means? Me, <laughs> for me, it's the same thing, where it's like, that's the... Like, what's something that's so spectacular you would be amazed that even Superman did it? And especially in the 80s, him turning back time, you're like, dang right, man. He's Superman. <laughs> Check him out. Oh, kudos to you, Superman. Good thinking oh, yeah. there. <laughs> Flying backwards around the Earth. That'll do it. Now, I will just fun fact on that. That was not that was the ending of Superman 2. And, and they tacked it on to the end of the first Superman and so, like, there's there's a, a DVD out there called the Richard Donner cut. Yeah. They let Richard Donner go back and make Superman 2 the way he intended it. They found old footage and put it all together. So he kind of redoes that So they just that recut ending. all the footage. Yeah. Okay. So so it, huh. it's, it's pretty interesting. But, yeah, but he, he mentions that that was not that whole saving Lois thing was supposed to be later on. You know, <laughs> that was kind hmm. of too many endings. He was supposed to get rid of the missile. He saved the day, and that's good, you know. Um, but now the question I have then is, you know, we have those original four films. And then we're waiting for years and years. I mean, we got Wait, Supergirl. You're, you're going to bring up Brandon Rolfe? <laughs> this is correct. We're talking about Superman oh, Returns, wow. <laughs> directed by Brian Singer, right? Justin, what did you think of Superman Returns? I can't. I I don't really. Uh, as a surprise to you guys, I don't really remember uh, that much of it. But yeah. um, I I don't I don't remember loving it. So yeah. I guess there you go. That, yeah, I think you're you're in the general consensus. With I most. didn't see it until what was it less than a year ago i found it for a dollar or two <laughs> and picked it up because i was like i gotta see what this is really about and so yeah it was almost as though they didn't know what they were trying to make a superman <laughs> movie be yeah i mean like brian singer claimed that he was making the film as an homage to the Richard Donner film and the first and second films. He said it was supposed to be in the spirit of that movie, and it's anything but. It's so <sighs> boring, it's so lifeless, and it's just it's it's a sad movie. It's a poorly cast yeah. and it just doesn't it doesn't fit anything like that you that you enjoyed, you know, like from the first film. And it, I, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> he was okay. So let's talk that casting. Brandon yeah. Routh was great. Was a great Clark Kent. You think so? You didn't like his well. well he didn't do much as until Superman. he opened his right. mouth. He was a beautiful. He's a beautiful man. And he looks like <laughs> a young Christopher Reeve. I really like him acting. on in the Arrowverse on <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow Playing as the, the Atom. Okay. That, oh well. That right. he is uh, made for. Excellent. This saves his superhero career. <laughs> but as Superman himself, there, it, as you were saying with the first, there was not that much of a difference between his Clark Kent and his Superman. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I could true. see that. I mean, and he was definitely just imitating Christopher Reeve. You know, that was that was kind of at the point. But like, well, I think and what I think it comes that, down to that does come down to the director saying, "Okay, you need to be Christopher Reeve." Right. It's not his not fault. Not be now, your own man. Like I say, but he was surrounded. I just I did not care for the casting of Lois Lane. Uh, no. Yeah. No. What, what was her name? Kate. I don't uh, even remember it. Yeah, but she she was not. She was just didn't fit the role. She was she was very dour. It was very like you left me and I. 
I'm sad about it. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have Kevin Spacey's great. His Lex Luthor was like so evil, though. It was over the top. Well, he's yeah. even right. Well, he's even said, and that's the funny thing that you mentioned about them saying it's an homage because Kevin Spacey said specifically he was trying to break the tradition from Gene Hackman because mm-hmm. Gene Hackman had made Lex Luthor kind of, I don't know, silly almost, and so he wanted to go the exact opposite way. And I felt like they did that a lot where it was like they felt like they had this monkey on their back and they had to kind of like kind of like kind of like uh, I felt Christopher Nolan did with, well, Schumacher, I suppose. And then Schumacher did with Burton and then Burton did with the 60s and like all of these were, you know, were always in the shadow of what came before. Yeah, well, and I'll and I'll just say like you know Gene Hackman never shivved anybody with a shard of kryptonite, so yeah. you know you you were still cut on his side. Kevin Spacey he did a good job being a villain because you really did hate yes. him. Like he was just bad, bad all the way through. But that, now that that but you know again generally not well received Superman Returns and most of all just him being kind of like weirdo stalker Superman like using his X-ray vision to spy on them at night and yeah. Super Baby having a super kid I just don't they, yeah. what, what were they going to do with that really where was Brian Singer going with that? I don't think they were going anywhere <laughs> <with it. laughs> but but so after Superman Returns then before you know we get then we get Green Lantern right which is a, a big disappointment it, and, and we're kind of giving up on DC superheroes but then Man of Steel comes out well no hold on you had the whole Batman trilogy well, in yes. there too but which Batman, was the complete and, you also need to, and utter you need opposite to, yeah, beloved, excellent, yeah. enjoyable, yeah. Right. But you also need to throw in two part of the Superman lore was you had Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman True. with uh on TV, and then you had Smallville, which had a huge big following. And for me as a definite precursor to what we're seeing now in Arrow and Flash where they were actually using elements from the comic books and and introducing heroes and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll agree. I mean, it, on t- again, on TV, they, they seem to get a good following for quite a while. And Dean Cain, I mean, he's not really a great Superman, but he was enjoyable to watch. I like Dean Cain. You know, he's just a, a likable oh, yeah. guy. He did well, well with was, what he was it given. Was, yeah. it was, uh, Mike Jacobs that did Dinosaurs, yeah. So it was just a fun sort of silly, yeah. Now, uh, but yeah, so then Man of Steel comes is announced, basically. We're hearing they're doing another Superman we're like oh oh but christopher nolan's involved he's he's producing it oh okay christopher nolan's yeah i involved. mean it's got some weight behind it at that point and then you hear Zack snyder's involved oh dear eh? <laughs> now everybody's a little <laughs> concerned You're, we, we talked last week you know a little bit about Zack snyder but um you know the one thing i will say is i, I think a lot of people were kind of concerned like oh it's just the last one was no action now it's only going to be action but well, to, and you also had uh, Watchmen that came out right. in there too, which, which does very much influence all the rest of them. Absolutely, and it was very faithful to the comics, except for the ending. And I appreciated that about right. Zack Snyder. So when I heard he was involved, I was like, okay, he's probably going to stick to the source material a little bit closer than most people would. I mean, he did the same with 300. That was a Frank Miller comic book yeah. he adapted. He sticks very close. So I was like, okay, this could be something. Um, now, uh, where did you fall, Jeremy, when you saw Man of Steel? What was your I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it was, there wasn't anything too egregious for me. I, I was a little thrown off. I could understand the controversy over the ending. Mm-hmm. 
I, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, and, and before the ending, before people saw the ending, the controversy online was the lack of red underwear, right? Which, eh, which, I, I just remember that, that exploding. That's not a controversy for, like, for me. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> no? I don't know. Like, I feel like it was so iconic. And people were like, you know, like, we let him get away with it for 75 years. And we didn't think it was weird. They took him away. Then we thought it was weird. Like, I just <laughs> underwear outside the pants. You know, it's just kind of a staple. But... Okay, so Can you guys we just very briefly that. talk about the picture that Jeff has up for his uh, <laughs> his Skype? Because yeah. speaking of red underwear, I mean yeah. we have to address Jeff the, has, uh, the in your, the your avatar for us for the listening oh, audience. Well, I've only looked at it once. I, I just uh, <laughs> well, I'm well, staring at funny. it right now. I've been staring at yeah. it for the past half an hour. So, so please, it, 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 it's something about I believe a, a an old man version of Superman, and it made me think there's a comic book series that takes place like years into the future where all of the heroes are old men which i always thought that could be really silly and funny to see superman as an old man so i just google searched old man superman and i found this picture and uh that's what just hilarious <laughs> he's a little hunched over which Looks is like a floating sash yeah yeah it, quite quite oh, an opposition flo- to henry cavill as superman the super buffed up <laughs> incredibly ripped Superman. Christopher Reeve never got close. <laughs> no. And, um, but I mean, that, that's a pretty impressive physique there. He said he did not use, you know, anything other than just natural, you know, protein worked out. Like that was all him. Liar. Oh, Henry, Henry Cavill? All yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing I'll just say about this film is I, I personally, for me, like it was all about Russell Crowe as Jarrell. Like that's I I wanted to see a film that was taking place on Krypton. I think I mentioned that in the Supergirl episode, but I loved wow. how they worked him in throughout the story. Like let him be him, not a floating head. Yeah. Like let him actually be there and help with the the adventure. I thought that was very cool. Well, and yeah. at the same time, I I believe Sci-Fi was in talks the TV station that they were in talks to make a Krypton TV show. Oh, really? I don't know if it's still on or not. Um, but hmm. I, I don't know if the project ever went to actually airing. Well, well, I, it's I been won't... a few years, so apparently not. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't get to it, but they did have plenty of information because if, if you look at the special features on, on the, the Blu-ray, they tell you, like, they developed a full language, a complete history of hmm. Krypton. Like, basically, they went all Star Trek on it, you know? Like, they created well, their own more, culture. more Lord of the Rings. Or Lord of the Rings, however you want to take it. But, I mean, you know, Star Trek, you got Klingon. Lord of the Rings, you got Elvish, right? Yeah. And so so they went all that, and did, and you you get to see so little of it. But they, they at least had the idea behind it. So that's why I just say they probably could have done a great series out well, of that. Well, then again, it is the sci-fi channel, and nobody <laughs> watches it. So it may yeah. have already aired and <laughs> went away. Yeah. Home yeah, of Shark. you say they could have made a great series, did you do air quotes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I Let's say a, a dense series. It would have had plenty of... Uh, you know, inside information you could glean from expanded yeah. universe novels totally. and whatever else. Um, so now let's get to the ending real quick, just because that is really like the big moment that everybody talks about. And I, I personally, I saw the film with my mom. I said, oh, I'm in town, Mom. We should go see the new Superman movie. And, I, you know, the first little bit of it was fine. And then it gets starts getting a little intense. And I was looking over at her. I was like, oh. So and then we get to the end. <gasps> you know, a little gasp for my mom as Superman kills his enemy. 
Uh, where does everybody fall on Superman the Murderer? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the name of my sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I am all for it. You don't want him to end up in the endless Batman cycle. Hmm. Okay, so you don't want you want Zod to be his Joker. You just put an end to it. Yeah, just put an end to it. Jeff, uh, I'm the exact opposite. That wasn't a Superman movie because of that. Uh, that's not Superman. That's somebody. That's somebody else that can fly and I guess is made of steel. Uh, but <laughs> the entire purpose, the entire point of Superman, that's what has made him a character is that he stay i mean like almost everybody in america can say what does superman stand for truth justice in the american way none of that was there and not only that but the entire movie building up to it wasn't about that the entire movie ab- living up to it is that apparently the lesson i learned from my human dad is like don't use your powers unless you have to. Like that, what? That, where's truth, justice, in the American way? Superman doesn't care about any of those things in this movie, and that—that's—that's. That's, I don't know. That's not the point. And which also then makes me nervous about the new movie coming out because it seems like they're taking that ball and running with it. Yeah, he's he's a very self-centered Superman in Man of Steel. That's for sure. He's worried about exactly. his journey, where he belongs, Super- his development. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't fully agree with that. Hmm. Well, let's let's get our tiebreaker over here, Justin. Where do you fall? I um I, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> I'm somewhere between the two of them. Um, so when I first saw the movie, I was expecting and I really wanted like a Chris Nolan version of Superman. And because I didn't get that, I was like, oh, that movie sucks. The movie's terrible. Like, didn't care about the ending. Didn't, I was just like mad at the whole movie. And then I saw it again and didn't have those expectations. I was like, actually, this movie is is quite good. And I am of the mindset that when you have a sequel or a reboot or and and it's all the same to me, if something's taken from a book and then made into a movie or a movie and then made into a book, which is made into a TV series, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you have kind of the lore there even not all of it as some of it you can go in whatever direction you want as far as i'm concerned as long as there is a solid through line you set rules and you stick to them and it's entertaining and i felt like this movie did all of those things and i'm a nerd so it was a sci-fi superhero movie so (laughs) i was like uh yeah you won you won me i get it yeah, now I, I will say for me, like when I when I watched that moment, I, I was sort of shocked, but at the same time, I could justify it because I looked at it and said, look, Zod said he was never going to stop. He said right, he would right. cu- just kill everybody, and there were literally people right in front of him he was about to kill. And there just yeah. there there just didn't there just couldn't be any other choice seemingly. Now he could have picked him up maybe and flown him out of there and whatever. But in that moment, right. it seemed like there was no choice. But the thing that I really had a hard time justifying was all the destruction of like just flying through buildings and hurling right, Zod yeah. around and just destroying an entire city, his own hometown, Smallville and Metropolis. Yeah. And so for me, that was the hardest part, just the collateral damage. Okay, collateral damage I can agree on, but at the same time, they're laying laying the foundation for reasons why other heroes are going to get involved. Right. They they set up Batman v Superman perfectly. I don't know if that was their intention. I hope it was. I believe it was. Because I was I was wondering if they're like backpedaling. They're like, we gotta make this movie and so that Batman was mad at him. And that's why that's why we did it. We weren't just thinking it was awesome action for the sake of action. Okay, but at the same time, Jeff, why 
Oh, let's see. I feel how, like this is going to get into a death this? penalty discussion. Uh, <laughs> why? Very political, well, very yeah, fast. it is, exactly. I mean, in a certain sense. I, 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 I was just looking through and reading through the times that Superman has killed. And Zod has been one of them on multiple occasions. This movie was the third time that he's killed Zod. Once <laughs> uh, in the comics, once oh, in Superman ooh. 2. It's alluded to, not shown. He's just thrown down a hole, yeah. He's thrown down a <laughs> bottomless pit, yeah. sapped of all his strength, and I doubt Superman's up there throwing him down cheeseburgers every <laughs> every few days to keep him alive. No, he's thrown him into a pile of cheeseburgers. Oh, what a considerate oh. hero. Right. Either way, they're going to end up running out of food, and they'll die. So this is the third time they at least gave him a legitimate death and a reason for future movies to potentially include Zod's body, at least. Yeah, and I mean, again, it, I understand Jeff's perspective because you just think he's the hero, he yeah. should find another way. It's the point of Superman that he is all good, he's the he's the Boy Scout, he figures out the way not right. to kill not people only that, to solve his problems. Right, yeah. and not only that, but it's, it's also the idea that this is his like coming out party. This is his first time, and the first time he's faced with a, oh, I don't know what to do, I'm going to kill the guy. Like, again, that's not Superman, and that's what makes now Batman v Superman backwards, is that instead of Superman having a problem with Batman's vigilante, like, kind of nasty tactics, it's the other way around. Batman is the Boy Scout, apparently. <laughs> well, okay. Which is kind of cool. He doesn't care. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know if we want to get too deep into this Batman v Superman rabbit hole, because yeah, 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 it's coming out this weekend. We're, we don't want to jump too... Yeah into too many conclusions, but I believe it goes both ways. They're both trying to f investigate each other and figure out what they can do to stop each other. But Superman does supposedly draw his line in the sand at yeah. that point. But at the same point, as was mentioned, Zod was not going to stop unless he killed him. And this was the only way that Superman, in all of his wondrous years here on Earth, has figured out, this is the only way I can stop this guy. Because if not, the Earth will perish. Yeah, but how Jeff, does he know that? He's just met him. But that's my point, Jeff. To your point, this is his first time out. This is his debut. He is new at being a hero. He doesn't know how to process everything that's going on. He's never fought somebody with his powers. He's never. All of those things are happening. And that's how I eventually had to come around to it to say, you know what? He's a young guy. He doesn't have the decision-making powers that the seasoned Superman would. In time, he did not get all the training that Christopher Reeve's Superman got for years with his father, teaching him morals and teaching philosophy and all these things. He doesn't have that. He just grew up on Earth. I mean, he got a brief history lesson from yeah, Jor-El. Very quick. About Krypton, not about anything else. Well, but in learning about Krypton, he also learned, or at least maybe we learned, that that's the only reason Zod is around. And Zod even says it himself. My one reason for being is to ensure Krypton survives. Right. And the only way it survives is to kill this planet. Yeah. So there wasn't any negotiating around <laughs> this. And in thinking, Superman's got to realize there's no prison on this planet that could hold me. So there is no spot on this planet that's going to hold Zod. So the only way to deal with this is to end it. Yeah. So so we, we had, you know, 
we can we can go around this all night, absolutely. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, we I think we've covered kind of the main uh, points uh, of of this film. So I thought we'd get into our, our IMDb synopsis for tonight. Uh, very brief, but I find it hilarious that it was written by. It took two people to write this synopsis that Jeremy's going to read. <laughs> awesome. Tell me it's one sentence long. <laughs> Double. Um, it is one sentence. Perfect. <laughs> All right. This is written by Jonah Pierce and Brian McInnes. Clark Kent, one of the last of an extinguished race disguised as an unremarkable human, is forced to reveal his identity when Earth is invaded by an army of survivors who threaten to bring the planet to the brink of destruction. The end. What? There you what go. What movie the was film. that? <laughs> uh, the... Sort of. Independence Day? I guess. Again. But didn't Clark Kent not? Wasn't he not born until the end? I, well, whatever. <laughs> Two people collaborated. Two people collaborated in order to to uh, bring us that. Together. They're like genius. Dude, we're going to make this one sentence. <laughs> Can we the do greatest it? Greatest sentence ever written. <laughs> oh, so with that, Jeremy, lead us in. I thought about this, and I wanted to not go the route that they're doing. I wanted to make this pretending there was no Wonder Woman movie coming up. There was no Batman v Superman. This was the incorporation of this movie. Like, this is the continuation and the world building would happen in this movie. I didn't flesh out everything on it. I pretty much just came up with the the bad guys I wanted in this and the help that would need to come in in order to come up with this. And essentially, it would come down to Lex Luthor has created Metallo. For those who don't know Metallo, do you want to give just a very brief explanation of what his deal is? Metallo, he's a soldier that took on pretty fatal wounds and has submitted himself to experimental procedures with this formerly unknown substance called kryptonite. And it's healed, or at least made him so that he's got super strength. Pretty much he's power level on par or close to Superman, but Superman's allergic to him, like deathly allergic. Yeah. So you can't really have superhuman strength and punch him if you can't get near him. <laughs> okay, so Metallo's there. And then also it would be one of the um, lab rat guys that would be playing around with some other various substances that LexCore has and has become Parasite. Superman would end up needing some help with this, and I would bring in Cyborg and the Flash. Okay, so there we go. All so right. we got, so we got a, we got a two for a villains, and then we got two two uh, teammates, two additional teammates. Superman. Okay, very nice. And, you, and obviously, we think we have the concept art for Cyborg and Flash out there now, so we can visualize. Yeah, what they might be like. Okay. So that's but it's just kind of a rock'em sock'em film. Heroes team up. Did the villains team up in your scenario, or they? I two would say that. Threats? Well, it would start off with just Metallo, and then once Parasite has been created and running amok, it would kind of be a one-on-one. He'd get a one-on-one battle with each, and then by the end, the third act, it would be a team up. Okay. Against him. Nice, Justin. What do you have? Um, all right. Well, I went off the idea that um, I already know what Batman v Superman is about and apparently <laughs> how it ends. So uh, I kind of wrote mine as like um, like post Avengers. We go back to see Thor and Iron Man, and that kind of thing. So post Batman v Superman, they make another Superman movie. Um, the title is very creative. Man of Steel 2. 
Uh, and so then uh, this is my idea. So after the credits, we see a picture of Clark as a little boy on the farm jumping in the air into his human dad's arms. The framed photo is put back on the mantle, set back down next to the other pictures of Clark at different stages of his life. Martha, Clark's mother, turns from the photos with a smile and walks back into her room ready for bed. She shuts the door behind her and walks to the bed, but a figure is waiting behind the now-closed door. The large, burly man snaps a bag over her head and whispers, I wonder if the mother of a god can feel pain. As we leave the house, it's clear from the screams that she can. The next day, Lois is at her desk, finishing up a story on the faction of people that hate Superman because of his godlike status, and how some have become more militant than ever. Clark comes over to the desk with a smile on his face, and when Lois confronts him about the potential problem, he shrugs it off. After he and Batman saved the world from the Zod's reanimated corpse last year, you know, because that, right? That's the yeah, thing? Yeah, that is, yeah, uh, that is that the way the it's happening. Batman Superman. Yeah. He is convinced that it will only take time for the problem to go away on its own. The report on the television behind them proves him wrong. A militant wing of the same group Lois is investigating has just killed Martha Kent. Through the rest of the story, we watch as Clark descends into madness and rage caused by the death of his mother, an impending breakup with Lois, and the device created by Lex that allows Lex to warp Clark's mind using kryptonite and hypnosis. Only by the end is Clark able to fight off Lex's control when Lex is putting the finishing touches on Clark's complete submission by having Clark strangle Lois to death. Through her investigations during the movie, Lois discovers that the men behind Martha's death were not who everyone thought they were. There was only one man, and he was hired by Lex so that Lex could begin what he is trying to finish at that moment. Clark then turns on Lex, who, is escape- who escapes after realizing he has lost control. Lex promptly returns, though, using the kryptonite device to power his war suit, something that has been alluded to as Lex's plan B throughout the movie. In parentheses, if it's not in Batman v Superman, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Superman wins. I don't know if you oh, probably, okay. probably assumed. <laughs> we were unsure the way things were going. I don't... Who were the people behind the the, the murder? Uh, so it was uh, it was um, I I can't uh, I want to use uh, Otto or Otis or whatever. Have that guy be the guy behind the murder, but not the crazy idiot one from Superman two back in the day. <laughs> then make like a real like henchman. Otis, who like, was a uh, scary, what was big, it? burly dude. KG Beast? Maybe go that route, like his bo- Lex's sure, bodyguard? Sure, yeah. But just somebody that's a real human, not a, not an alien or anything like that, but something, Frog. just a henchman from yeah, no. Lex who takes care of it and makes it seem as though it's um, it's that like faction of people. Hmm. You know, Justin, the most okay, engaging part of your pitch was just your timber as you read it. It was very chilling and dark. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Gosh. dear. He's it taking was, this seriously. You know, it was very I, I want, DC-like. You know, I, like, I like the dark stuff, so I wanted to go, like, <laughs> Superman goes nuts. And, like, that <laughs> yeah. guy for a while, but eventually is able to come out of it. Lois, by the way, I don't know if it was clear in there. Lois does not die. Like he starts right, strangling right, her to stops, death, and that's right. what wakes him up out of the mind yeah, control. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. what that's what I got. Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> so this you wouldn't have any other heroes join him. No, I think it's if it's a Superman movie, it should be a Superman movie. Like I said, I think we talked about that in Spider Man or whatever. How like I feel like you get too many people in there, it just becomes this. You, you don't care enough about any of the kids. Like you put too many people in there trying to care about all of them, you end up caring about none of them. So I want like. Stick with Clark, have him deal now that he's a adult, I guess, and has dealt with more to have him deal with some harder stuff in life and like really 
cope with his the powers that he has and how they can go out of control. Yeah. Mm. The Nolanverse welcomes your ideas. Absolutely. I know. All right, Jeff. <laughs> Superman's getting, uh, getting a rough rough deal here. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see. So for me, that um, we pick up again, kind of like Justin, assuming that we know how Dawn of Justice goes down, um, <laughs> that <clears throat> the jury is out on Superman. Some people love him. Some people aren't really into him. So the movie kind of starts with maybe some of that action, like like news reports or like the the backlash of Batman Superman and whose whose side are you on or blah 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 blah, uh, and then um, Superman goes and and is giving a speech to maybe the UN, somebody important somewhere that it's 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 vital or or like it's like it's a good deal that he's there, and he's giving a speech and he's talking about uh, the goodness of all mankind and about how the fact that even though he is an, an outsider and an observer, the reason that he you know uh, wants to fight so hard is because men are basically good and like this is a, you know a great civilization that that uh, uh, you all have built here on Earth and. It's worth fighting for, and you know, men are good, and yada yada yada. Um, in the middle of his speech, there's an explosion, and there's an attack by a large terrorist cell. I don't know if we want to specifically use Al Qaeda or ISIS or whoever it is right now, but that's kind of the illusion that we're making, um, which seems to kind of fly in the face of everything that Superman is talking about. So meanwhile, um, or while this is going on and this new terrorist group is really kind of like stirring everything up and like people are really uh, afraid of it, this new group arises calling themselves the Elite. And um, it's this group of four heroes and they start fighting back against this terrorist group. Um, however, they don't have the, uh, the qualms that it seems like Superman has um, where they have no problem like killing a whole bunch of terrorists and they don't like there's collateral damage and uh, like innocent people are dying but they're 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 getting their guys and afterwards they always have like some sort of a like yeah let's kick them in the teeth and let's sort of a thing like that and as it's going there are more and more americans that are getting behind it that are getting really excited about these elite guys and like it's about time man somebody is like sticking up and it's sticking it to the man and they're really like fighting and it, it leads to this whole like america for americans sort of a movement and they're really behind these these guys the elite that they're you know they're killing people and it's like good they deserve to die and like like Superman lets them off the hook too easy and they come back and they, they, you know, whatever and they whatever. So they become more and more popular, which is actually hurting Superman's image. I mean, already it was kind of like, like, who is this guy? And now, ironically, it's flipped around where it's like not only like he just he's, you know, he's not good enough or anything like that. Things kind of keep happening. They kind of keep kind of not conflicting like he doesn't fight them or anything but there would be a couple of villains that superman's maybe battling and then these other guys show up and then they end up winning the battle and killing the guy and then so then they like take the credit for it and it kind of becomes bigger and bigger and bigger <clears throat> which ultimately leads superman to have a, an identity crisis where he's kind of saying like oh my like the people that I'm fighting for don't like me. The people that I'm fighting for seem to want me to do this. They want me to go kill everybody and they want me to be this kind of a guy. Like, who am I supposed to be? And so it ends up going, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and he confronts the hologram of his dad or whatever it is. And there's this big moment of kind of like 
showing like, you know, Kalel, this is who you are. This is why I sent you here. This is what you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be, you know, maybe it's a little cheesy to be. You're not just supposed to be a man. You're supposed to be a Superman. But it's this idea that kind of like we did and then didn't do and then did again in The Dark Knight, where it's like people need something to believe in. They need an icon. They need somebody to stand up for these ideals and is willing to sacrifice everything and is willing to like to be that sort of a person so he realizes like this is really who i'm supposed to be who i am and so then um he ends up confronting the elite and uh, i kind of like there's this like big moment where it's televised and the elite are like these big superstars they're like everybody loves them and superman comes and just like cold clocks one right in the face and everyone's just shocked that like this is america's darlings and Superman just punched them, and so they end up challenging each other to a battle. Um, and there's like three or four of them in their little elite group, and it's against just Superman. And it's televised, and it's this big battle, and the battle ends where seemingly Superman kills all four of them. And everyone, rather than being excited that like, yeah, Superman's finally done that, they're they're shocked. And Superman kind of has this moment of like like staring at the cameras of like, is this what you want? This is really what it's supposed to be. And then he reveals that he didn't actually kill him. He, they, he did like a super whoop and like sent them off to jail or something like that. So then reveals that no, like this is not the way. Like this is this, you don't really want people that do this. And instead, you know, we need to believe in these ideals. We need, you know, that people are still basically good and, Blah 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 blah. That's who I am. That's that's who I will always be, no matter what. As credits roll, as Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just love the idea. I like that. That's I, an interesting way of turning it into. Oh, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. I, I was hoping he actually did kill them. He's like, this is what I do now. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is how I end all my films. I just kill everybody. I love this idea when I watched it on their animated movies, mm-hmm. and you really get a dark sounding superman really it's diving into like injustice territory Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've played the games but it's all about a rogue superman where he's like king of the hill now wow um and it really really puts things into perspective like in showing the world you want me to be this guy and it's almost like a joker-esque tone that he takes but yeah yeah justin what were you saying oh i just like how because jeff was talking about like the current superman is not the superman that he wanted he was he's not the sort of classic superman the christopher reeve superman um and jeff found a really creative way i think to take what we currently have from man of steel and what we imagine will be the superman from batman v superman um, and right. turn well, him and into and give him a reason to be the Superman that we grew up with and know and love. And that's the thing for me that, and I don't want to get political or anything like that, but it definitely seems like the political environment right now is one of anger. There's a yeah. lot of anger in our society right now, and a yeah. lot of it is geared towards like other people. And the sad yeah. thing is, like even as we're talking about, like we live in a Batman world now. People love that sort of a style, and that's one of the reasons. Like I've talked to so many people that they love Batman, but they're not really into Superman. They're just like, eh, like. And the reason they usually don't like Superman is because he's a Boy Scout. And then when they like a lot of people that like the new movie liked it because it was a darker Superman. 
And it's just like, for me, I'm like, I think we need, like, this day and age, I think we need that Boy Scout Superman. Like, that's, we need that beacon of hope. Right. But I think what you did really well with your idea is you didn't make him, he's not a Boy Scout from day one. Like, he goes through, you kind of challenge everybody's ideal that they currently have, let's say the majority of people, the ideal that they have, and you say, like, this is what it would be like if your ideal ran the world, and you you challenge that, and I think it's great. Adam! Yeah, here we are. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, it's only a page and a half tonight. Yeah. We could do this. We could do this. No, so for me, I had actually two ideas I wanted to do before I hit on the one I I went with. The first one, like I said, I wanted a Krypton-based movie. So I totally wanted like Superman to find a way to travel back in time and have an adventure with his dad. But I was just like, "Ah, I don't don't know if I could really make this work because then like, is Superman ever really bored? Like it would change history. Oh, Adam, you could make it work. (laughs) The (laughs) the Black Mercy? Yeah, see, there you go. The, for the man who has everything. Imagine it. Yeah. Now the other We're one that I wanted. The intro spear or whatever it was in Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> well, like and, and the thing that we we mentioned in uh, in our Supergirl or no, not our Supergirl episode, our uh, best of 2015, most anticipated of 2016 episode. Go back, check out that sequel chat. We hit on the idea of doing a Superman film, just however briefly we said, what if all the Supermen came back? So you had Tom Welling, you had, you know, Chris Reeve, maybe CGI, you had Dean Cain, whoever. And I wanted to do that story where like a multiverse of Supermen have to combine together to go do something. But I didn't have time to write that one because that would have been like (laughs) 10 pages long. Right. I was like, that one's not going to work. So what I went with, mine is called Man of Steel 2, The Tourist. So this takes this actually takes place uh, between the scene of Superman uh, delivering that broken surveillance satellite to the military and his arrival at the Daily Planet as a reporter because they never show how did the city get rebuilt. How did all that happen? It's just like, everything's okay now. Don't worry about it. We like <laughs> Superman. So I deal a little bit with that fallout here to start with. So. After the devastation of the first film, Superman spends weeks rebuilding Metropolis, working with municipal builders and planners to create a more modern city. And as he does so, the hero begins gaining the admiration and trust of the citizens, along with help uh, from editorials written by Lois Lane. Yet Clark still feels guilty for the lives that were lost. After completing his work, Superman moves to rebuilding Smallville and discusses his responsibility for the devastation with his mother. She provides him with some comforting wisdom, stating that thousands may have died, but billions will now live because of only of what only you could do. So returning to Metropolis, Clark and Lois meet for lunch, where she tells him about a rash of strange suicides she is investigating. It appears that a trend of jumping out of windows is on the rise, or in other words, bodies are falling from the sky. Clark hears screaming across the street with his super hearing and manages to rescue a falling college student who is muttering, I can fly, I can fly. Clark is saddened, but thinking that people are being led into some type of psychosis mimicking his ability to fly, but soon realizes what is really going on. People are flying. Superman starts encountering normal citizens with one or more of his various superpowers causing havoc in Metropolis. Some are good-hearted people clumsily trying to play hero, while others are criminals who have to be stopped. So he really has his work cut out for him. 
Lois is working on the story and starts tracking leads, interviewing victims about the events. She soon learns that the powers don't last more than an hour, which is why people were falling to their deaths mid-flight. When asked how they gained the powers, all the people uh, could explain was that they saw a little man cross their path, and suddenly they felt like Superman. Sharing her findings with Clark, Lois tries to track down the little man while our hero spreads himself thin across the city trying to quell the crisis. Suddenly, the mayhem stops, and the little man appears floating in front of Superman. He introduces himself as a tourist and accuses Superman of being afraid of a little friendly competition. He explains that he's just visiting our dimension to see how the mighty hero of Earth really is. The tourist explains that this was just the beginning and there are many more games to come. But just to show he's a good sport, he's going to let Superman's gal pal join the fun too. Lois is given powers equal to Superman and he trains her mid-flight at how to use them as they work together to solve a series of issues that are being created by this mischievous visitor. So the trials include stopping a tidal wave, and returning escaped mutated zoo animals to their cages. But in the third trial, Lois is actually turned evil and attacks Superman along with a mob of humans, which causes a dilemma for him because he doesn't want to hurt any of these people. So it causes him to have to find creative ways to restrain them until he can stop uh, what's going on. Now, realizing that this is never going to end, Superman tries to manhandle the tourist, but learns that he cannot affect him due to his interdimensional nature. The laws of Earth physics don't apply to this creature from the fifth dimension. So Superman must find a way to outsmart him. Superman starts noticing that the areas damaged during their battles uh, with the tourist creations are now completely fine creating the sudden realization for him that it was all an illusion. The city was never in danger. In response, Superman allows the Taurus to wreak havoc unopposed in a form of passive resistance. So the Taurus ends up uh, trying to up the mental torture for Superman, showing him disturbing images like super evil Lois killing his mom and other things like that. But he resists fighting back and he has this confidence, okay, nothing's real, nothing's real. And the lack of response frustrates the villain, causes him to give up. Lois loses her powers. Superman saves her from crashing to the earth as her unconscious body plummets. And the tourist, a.k.a. Mr. Vixis Piddle, Mr. Vixie right. Piddle Sticks. Yeah, I don't, I've never known how to say it. <laughs> that explains <laughs> that he was just a warm-up and the real big bad is on the way. Though he won't spoil the surprise by telling him when. With the tourist departure, everything returns to normal. No one remembers the events of the last 24 hours. Lois wakes up saying she had an amazing dream that she could fly along Superman. He tells her she still can as the two fly off into the sunset and credits oh. roll. As credits roll. <laughs> I was nice. tempted to throw that guy in, but Mr. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to attempt pronouncing him. <laughs> I went there. I just had. I wanted to have a little fun. So I haven't read the comics, but where is is was he in the cartoon? Was he what was he? Because I know that character. He's very long. He's been around. He's been like every iteration of Superman ever. They've brought in again, Mister Mixes Pitalex. However you want to say it. Yeah, the the spelling of it changes from time to time. Right, and the whole thing with him is Superman always has to get him to say his name backwards. And he tricks him into doing that, and then he has to go away for 90 days. And then he can come back to our dimension after 90 uh, days. He's, he's basically Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yes. Right. But he's well, a very which, cool character. There was also the time that Superman killed that guy. Oh, I'm sure. Superman kills a lot of people. Yeah, later. well, he... Apparently. 
He tra- tricked him into like being partway in between dimensions and the dimension closed on him, which killed oh. him. Okay, so he tricked him. He didn't intentionally kill him. Oh, he intentionally oh, killed him. Oh, he knew him. it would happen? Yeah, okay. he knew it would happen, but he had to do it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I just felt like, you know what, they could use a little dash of something... Levity? Extraterrestrial, but not but yeah. interdimensional, a little different than just like classic sci-fi alien. Then rather know? than Green Lantern. Yeah. My only concern right. was it sort of feels I- like an episode of Star Trek or like a, you know, like a, a one-off TV show. Kind of right. Nothing mattered. Very. It was all. You but know, you did. I mean, there was a lot of uh, detail. So I mean, it was it was feature film content um, amount. Uh, well, my my problem was always like, what is he? How can you make him look like something that people will take seriously? Yeah. Well, because it's kind of like he, he's kind of wearing like, all like black. It's mostly leather. <laughs> yeah. Well, because again, he's you know in the in the cartoon of the comic, a lot of times he wears that little bowler hat and he kind of floats and he's about two feet tall and like yeah. nobody's gonna take that guy seriously. I feel if anybody could do it, Zack Snyder could make him look evil and well, menacing, <laughs> and he'd be true. more of a goblin. Like the, uh, I'm sure. He could look like the hunchback from uh, from 300. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure they, like, it, he definitely would be more sinister than what we're using. This isn't, it's it's not lighthearted. It, the tone is still dark like the DC films, you know, but it yeah. just has a little bit more of, like, I don't want to say a playful nature, but it's less, like, deep psychological now, what's, stuff. What's his motivation? Well, that what he says it's what he says at the end is that I was sent here by some like somebody else essentially like okay. oh. I was just testing you because the person I work for wanted to know how far you could be pushed. That's oh, really that's the point. Of it. Or Darkseid. Who? 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 Who's that? Well, it? yeah. I mean, it was Darkseid was who I was thinking of. Dark you know, but he's so oh, Thanos. Okay. But you know, either way, that was that that's was true. ultimately who Thanos know. in the other universe. Yeah, end yeah. <laughs> credits scene. You'd have Darkseid there. You know, but whatever. Him, him, him reporting with a back. Movie. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> And uh-huh. Mick Spinelli could probably be killed when he goes back to report, you know, and he, for some reason, just to make it more, uh, more, you know, eventful and, and serious. That could be the post-credit scene. Yeah. All right. Huh? So, what what idea do we want to roll with? Oh, I, I I'm voting for Jeff's hands down. I think that's a really cool idea, and I think it turns, and that would in turn add further drama for the relationships of the superheroes if Superman is now ingrained in uh, saving lives and Batman's not going to be and never has been. And I don't know about the Flash or uh, Merman or (laughs) uh, the other guys. But um, Well, Justin, one thing we do have to tell you, because I I know you're not familiar with the comics. It is a comic story and a, a DC animated film yes. that Jeff was right. referencing for this. Oh, so, so it's I not an original idea. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> was 2012. You can go you... back. You can sometimes find it in Redbox. Right. Okay. Well, uh, but uh, the one thing that I would whatever storyline that is, that Jeff is brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought it was too. Uh, the the other thing though that i thought that for both justin and jeremy that adam and i left out is that and th- that wasn't in man of steel is we gotta we gotta tie in lex luther i mean i know he's in the new batman superman movie but like i mean lex luther and batman or superman i mean they that's like ham and eggs they go together or yeah. bacon and eggs, one of those right well you i can like only, i like you working can only... in whatever it is i like working in that idea of 
Superman having to come to terms with the ideal of not killing and not causing mayhem and destruction. Because I know even for me in Man of Steel, I was okay with it because they sort of set those rules. But I, it seems like a lot of people had a problem. And that's the thing I heard overwhelmingly was they had a problem with all the collateral damage and the fact that he kills, kills a guy at the end. Okay. So, I mean, I think we could still take the themes from the elite story mm-hmm. and because that's what we're saying. And I, I agree with you, Justin, I think it's a, it's a theme that really does connect. So I yeah. wonder, I wonder if we can't kind of build a little bit off of your premise that there's somebody out basically out to get Superman on a very personal level and it's shaking mm-hmm. maybe his faith in, you know, in society that he is believing, you know, he, he believes in the ideal of humanity and now he's being attacked and now he's questioning that because he realizes he is an alien. He doesn't have, he doesn't have to be there. He's adoptively we, raised, but, you know. What if we had a subplot, or I don't know if it's a subplot, or maybe it's the major plot. What, and, uh, again, I don't think it's what's happening in Batman Superman. And, and I don't know if it's a little too close to what's happening in today's world. What if Lex Luthor's running for president? And he's running on a on a platform of hatred and about about how like like I mean you don't want to say hatred but on, on anger where he's running on this platform of you know of that sort of a thing and maybe that's how you tie in he's glorifying the people or maybe he's like captain like we need to you know kill everybody who's out there and kill their families and kill you know that's the only way to these people are going to learn and people are getting behind it and that could tie in to Superman's D- does Superman run against him. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering what Superman no. does about po- politics. Well, no, it would yeah. be that, but that's part of his platform. Is that su- it's it's part of like the, he's building off the anger that Superman people have towards go. Superman. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think if you tack that onto, because I didn't really have in mind like what Lex was doing this whole time. I think if you have that being what Lex is going after, and have Superman have him. Mm, that's all I got. <laughs> but, 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 but basically, well, what, but, but is then... Lex, is Lex, you know, he's he's feeding it, but Lex is also behind the torture of Superman. And is he going to well, create was... some giant robot for Superman to fight? Because we have to have a big, a big action right. well, what scene. What if we use, what if that's where we use Jeremy, like okay. using, um, Metallo? um he, Lex is the one Parasite. that creates Metallo, maybe Metallo and Parasite or, or something like that. And that's so... Yeah, that's he's 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 actually the one building up this fear and this anger by you know supporting them, and that's now what thing you could do. uh, The other idea I had toyed with, they killed him presumably in Man of Steel, but uh, uh, Justin's namesake there, Christopher Maloney, uh, was gets killed. You know, he was the Guardian in the comics. He's like a Captain America type superhero, the Guardian. And he's basically an amped up, you know, super soldier. So what if Lex, like, recovered his body, turns him into Metallo? And so it's kind of a situation where, you know, just just for continuity's sake, you have that Metallo character who's also being brainwashed. And he's buying into Lex's propaganda. And he's sent out there essentially to kind of, you know, terrorize and attack Superman because he's the one who can do it, you know, with the kryptonite. So and then... Could we... Parasites Could we tie Cyborg in there too? 
Oh, yeah, that would be perfect, right? Because Cyborg would have to come in to help him because Superman can't do it. Right. Well, no, I was thinking, what if it's the other way around? What if, like, they, like, Cyborg's the bad guy or one of the bad guys hmm. at the beginning? Because it's the same thing. Like, maybe he, like, there's two soldiers or oh, something like that. yeah. And turns he one into Metallo and turns the other into Cyborg. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. So, like, they're both part, that's why they both have similar tech. And all of that is just like the Guardian character had to be kept alive by Kryptonite, whereas the Victor, who is is Cyborg, you know, got a different type of treatment, a different yeah, type. Yeah, maybe of, he wasn't as as injured or something. Yeah, no, that's very cool. I, I like that. And maybe it was maybe he's one, and that could even tie in. Maybe Victor then is one of the victims of the collateral damage in Metropolis, so that's why he has a bone to pick. Like he's okay. anti-Superman. And why do what are we going to say? Is it just going to be a situation again of like usually where a character sees okay the side I'm on has gone too far, so I, I was on board with them. They've gone too far. Now I'm flipping sides and I see that they're actually evil. Is that we're just going to have that realization moment for him where he aids Superman, turns on Metallo? Yeah, I would I would assume that would kind of be where we're at. Now remind me, is this post Batman v Superman? Um, I don't or is this Elseworld where Batman v Superman doesn't exist? <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're, we're calling it a direct sequel, but I, I think it could probably happen, you know, again. Uh, well, that, just that would Batman influence us as to, well, if it's going before, then it's introducing Lex. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so maybe it does have to come after because if but he's going to run for after, president, yeah. Well, either way, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think unless Cyborg or he's endorsing is in, a candidate. I don't know. Instead of running himself, and if it's after Batman v Superman, Cyborg is already going to be introduced in it. Oh, is he? He's going to be in this movie. There will be a cameo of Vic in it. Oh. Hmm. Well, this is our reality. We'll call exactly. we'll, we'll do the else worlds like you said. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> take, this is also what Superman and Batman is gonna have in it. So there we we're go. We're rewriting that one too. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> you got so excited with all your, your your trailers and sneak peek scenes, but none of that's true. We've changed we've changed the book. We rewrote it. Um, now I, I could see this as coming after and playing off the Lex that they have. And yeah. Lex would, at least in Batman v Superman, would be playing around with trying to stop or trying to come up with our own solution that could be controlled in case Superman goes out of control. Whether that's his own plan B kryptonite enabled suit or if that's Metallo that's just kind of alluded to or teased and then that comes out. I could see where in a way it may be something where Superman turns to um he turns to Vic in order to come up with a um a scientific solution mm -hmm. or a way to be able to get close to Metallo or something that would ixnay the effect of the kryptonite on him. Yeah. He Which, just has to get a lead-lined suit or something. He'd be fine, I'm sure. Yeah, and and that way it would also lay pipe for a potentially... Wait, if Superman is developing this technology to prevent kryptonite from affecting oh, yeah. him, what's preventing him from using that all the time, and there's no way for us to stop him? Okay. So it's 
it's kind of a counterintuitive or conflicting points of view as to do we help him or do we not? Because yeah. this is our one way to stop him, but he also can't stop this other guy who's going mad and going out of control. So, see, I don't, I don't, I don't know about introducing from the film's perspective, introducing a good guy not trusting Superman. I kind of feel like. At least that was my thought, is that we want to build up the fact that that's what he's all about, is that his character is beyond reproach. And even if other people aren't necessarily trusting him yet, like I feel like we would want the story to build up the fact that he's becoming the Boy Scout. Yeah. Yeah. And at this, least in the, whatever his in the public's view yeah. is, he would, uh, he would win over all of those people, supposedly. Right. Plus, it does that, that's always been one of my favorite things about Lex Luthor is that he always, I don't know when it started in the comics, he would always wear a ring of kryptonite so that Superman could never touch him, Mm -hmm. and eventually he died from radiation poisoning because he wore it all his life. Yeah, But uh, I kind of like that aspect of Lex that he would do something like that. Yeah, he's he's clever that way. He knows exactly, you know, how to keep himself preserved. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So now the only the last thing I would just have then is if Lex is gonna like power up at the end because I'm imagining like Metallo gets destroyed, but Lex somehow like assimilates his armor and his body to himself, and then goes after Superman, but has it amped up. Like, is Lex? He's not gonna die, right? So, is there? Is it like? I mean, Parasite at some point just you know gets more powerful. I like that's. I'm just trying to figure out like what's the big final well, moment. We we weren't even talking Parasite. With yeah, this we one. we pretty much left him out. So that's what I'm saying. If Lex is gonna you know go up against Superman at the end, is he? Is it maybe something where there's like a big crowd and he's pushing Superman too far? And but Superman's about but this to... is the this version that we're going on is Jeff's correct, and that's with the elites. I don't think we're working well, I think in we've the, cut elite. the elite. It was the con- it was the idea behind the elite. Okay. Right. Like the, the well, super- what if yeah. I kind of like the idea because uh, again, and I feel like especially if we're you know we're still kind of shuffling around with this Batman Superman thing, but um, the idea that I still feel like Superman has a ways to go to. It's not like you know if they were building off the Richard Donner movies where it's just like oh well, we know he's Superman he's you know truth justice he's not right now so that's why like what if the big moment is something where it's like because you were talking about Metallo being destroyed like what if like again that that feels like oh gosh Superman just let somebody else die like what if there's some way of Superman I mean Superman can't die but it's like he somehow sacrifices himself or he gives up himself or he takes the something like that. What if like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, 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 go. Uh, I was going to say, what if, um, Metallo, I don't know, Metallo, Metallo, uh, what if, uh, Lex builds him up in his campaign, uh, even though Lex is behind Metallo, but in his campaign in public, he's saying like Metallo needs to be done away with. Metallo needs to be killed. Superman needs to get out there and kill him, kill him. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, kill him, kill him, kill him. And so that's the moment that Superman has at the end where he – it looks like like the moment that you described, Jeff, from uh, your script where it seems like he kills him. But then he doesn't and he shoves it in everybody's face like this is the way it needs to be. No more death, no more destruction. Oh, that's this, great. this is not yeah. what you really want. And then – Lex gets mad, gets in his super war suit, and <laughs> battles Superman at the Republican convention. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. I, I think. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, Justin. I think you did a good job of bringing, like, again, using the characters we're talking about. But that's that same moment, you know, just yeah. creating that that scene in a different way. I think I really like well. that moment. I like Jeff was yeah. saying, I want that moment to be in there at the end. And that's like then Lex has to go to plan B. So really the victory for Superman is that. And then when people see Lex get crazy and yeah. put on his war suit, they're like, oh, OK, now we don't trust Lex. Like it disgraces yeah, exactly. Lex that that's Superman's victory against right. him. So, okay. so we're voting for Superman for president. Yeah. <laughs> Me- Metallo would probably be his beta version of the suit. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's c- concurrently working on his own containment suit. Yeah. Yeah. The plan B. That way you don't have to assimilate Metallo, yeah. but it's. Yeah. He's upping the tech. Yeah. He's okay. seeing how that works against Superman, what does, what doesn't. And so it's just going to be out there. And if he, if he kills him, he kills him. But we're going to learn from it. And so at that would probably be the second act turn as he shows the public that I, I, this is not the guy you want. You don't want me running around killing all the bad guys. And so Lex fires up his suit. But, and but, but the final scene is Superman entering a voting booth and he just turns around and has a little gleam off his smile. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how he votes. But that we got would be a idea. little too much cheese. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, got to be right him. It's got to be like... Mouse. Yeah, the Rocketeer, where he's standing on the Griffith Observatory with the American flag <laughs> yeah. flying behind, you know? <laughs> orbiting the Earth, or he, or the end a, of he, Spider-Man. He goes but... to Iwo Jima and he's holding up the flag. <laughs> the Marines. Oh, jeez, uh, it's great. <laughs> um, wh- okay, so Lex is running. Let's come up with another DC character that could be his um, opponent. Oh, <laughs> not his running mate. We don't want him to be in league with him. He's running with Mr. Mr. Mixerplex again. <laughs> but, yeah. But at least somebody so that it's not, oh, Lex, Lex you're, is you're now s- evil, yeah. so we have no president kind of thing. Yeah. What about, what's that guy's name that um, ends up being the robot like guy that can, that was one of the, after the death of Superman? Oh, um, you're talking about John Henry Irons? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. actually. Jeremy oh, Irons? No, 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 not Jeremy Irons. Well, <laughs> no, there's, no, 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 there's no, no, the guy no, no. that became Steel. Exactly, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, also, you're, you're talking about the cyborg Superman guy. Hank I Henshaw? Cyborg, but I kind of like that instead. Yeah, though. John Henry Irons would be good because That's he's just a cool. name. He could be a good person in the community. Right. And so people are behind him. They love him. But you don't have to introduce being Steel or anything. No, you know? I was also no, thinking Terry like... Terry Crews again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was also thinking, like, maybe that's how they may introduce Oliver Queen into the universe. Something like that. Okay. And that way, you have a present-day Oliver, but then if they end up doing a Green Arrow movie, they can go back and build up his backstory to yeah. this point in time. And, and traditionally in the comics, Green Arrow is a very staunch liberal. He's very known exactly. for his liberal... Exactly. So it'd be too Bernie Sanders-ish, I think. It'd be... <laughs> it'd be... <laughs> He's the so little rough. Robin Hood, steal from the rich, you know, give but to the poor. Compared to Lex, where would he fall? Yeah, and also, right. well, guys, you don't have thinking. to, as proven by Man of Steel, you don't have to make Green Arrow exactly like that. You can make him just, you can make him a Democrat who it, who's not that far yeah. uh, left. You know what I mean? You, it, he, a can, pretty conservative he can be sort of a Democrat. moderate. 
Right. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, yeah. Lex is the evil Republican. That's what everybody's. You know, he's a corporate <laughs> businessman. He must be evil. So, just in case okay. anybody's listening, you know where we all stand. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, yep. I'm, I don't even. I'm just saying that's how people see it in movies, right? It's just like Republicans, sure. yeah. evil, greedy. Democrats. Well, the I good think it's just spirits. one specific one that we're talking about right now. All but. right, <laughs> this Superman needs to be taken down. <laughs> you you can't see his <laughs> Trump face right now. Jeremy Sudeikis. Oh, I went Trump full face. Trump face there. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we got our movie. What's the title that fits what we're going? What is there like a political title? Is there like oh, Man of Steel Two Election Day? <laughs> no. they, they stole. They stole Dawn of Justice. I can't believe it should have been like, oh, because I think Dawn of Justice would have been perfect. But what if just ma- what about Man of Ideals? It's not Man of Steel anymore. It's uh, Man of Ideals. Uh, <laughs> well, Barf. could we just go back? Could we just do Superman? Mm. Oh, so this is where he becomes Superman. Oh Ooh, yeah, there you I go. Like yeah, yeah nice. Superman begins. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. No, I like what Superman. Yeah. Just Superman. Perfect. Super hyphen Just... man. <laughs> no, that's too Spider-Man. I guess so. All right, uh, poster art. Uh, are we? I think I think we go with like like political type posters, like campaign type posters. I think is what they Ooh, would go with. Don't you like think? Like Lex for president. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and or like like propaganda posters, anti-Superman propaganda Anti-Superman. posters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Hmm. That'd be good. Because again, you're gonna like we always do right now. Team Iron Man, Team Captain America, Batman v Superman, right. Team oh, yeah. Superman, Team Batman. Like you gotta have that. So you know, I mean, it's obvious you're Team Superman, but still, <laughs> give I, people the I option like of choosing. Vote Lex. I like had that being like the teaser poster. Mm-hmm. Lex for president. Um, but then as far as like the actual like the big poster for it, I think it can be like because we're going to know Lex from uh, from uh, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be cool to have just the two of them like face to face in the suit. Can can Lex are we going to reveal? Sure. His, his no, 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 no. I don't want that to be a surprise. I think that'd be a cool cool yeah. thing for the fans how about if he does have the ring of kryptonite though so you sure. see there's a well yeah they both have have a fist up and yeah. you can it's just a teaser you can see the green glowing yeah, ring right, on his yeah. hand right okay and uh well i don't know the uh the merchandising again this so- sounds like a lot of fun doesn't it you get your uh you get your your junior CNN Fox News like you download you could put put together your own news reports I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't know what the kids would why do we haven't talked merchandise in a while but this is Superman movie there's got to be merchandise well and oh, even wow. even merchandise that we hopefully will never see in the movie <laughs> um, I was wandering around a store the other day I'm sending this to you all right now. I hope we don't see this Superman suit in the movie. Uh-oh. But it was sold with all of the others. It's are you sending not, this on Facebook? Are you yeah, sending I'm this sending on this on Facebook right yeah. now. It's like an epic battle suit like sh- for shoulder Superman. pads. He's basically got shoulder armor and uh, <laughs> and like full Kryptonian armor. Yeah, not so just a suit. Well, that makes sense though. He would dress like Zod you and know, a battle like, axe. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I feel like 
I feel like because that's that was the thing, and I know like Zack Snyder said that in Man of Steel, he wanted the suit to look like a Kryptonian battle suit or something mm-hmm. like that. But I also think like the longer that he is, oh boy, look at those shoulder pads. <laughs> uh, the longer that he is on Earth, the more I could see him. I mean, he's got to repair his suit somehow, and so he could like make modifications to it. I think and. You know, the one thing I will say, I'll just, just off on a tangent here about the suit. You know, in Man of Steel, at least they did explain to us, you know, why he has that suit, why he has that costume in a very basic sense. But I just find it so strange that if you look at everybody else's, they're all like very monochromatic, like boring colored browns and whatever. And his is blue and red. It's like, why? why? I mean, yeah. it's iconic, but it's just there was no explanation for why we're giving you these bright, effervescent colors. Well, you at know? the same time, it's it's kind of baked into the whole mythology because all of the other Kryptonians were essentially bred from weird embryo process. Mm-hmm. And he was the first live birth on Krypton in decades or centuries. So, I mean, it would be the new start I see, yeah. through him. Okay, there we go. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Do we, are we all oh, separate cast? cast? Oh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. We totally yeah. skipped over that. We we did. We missed our casting. Well, who, so we got, we're talking Metallo. So my original pitch was to have Christopher Maloney come back as Metallo. What, what do you guys think about that? I think that's great. Right. Which which one was he? He he was the balding uh, military guy who was The like, one that we saw throughout the whole movie. Throughout the whole movie, yeah. and then he eventually crashes into the ship and blows it up. So you it know? would be, oh. there would have to be a lot of brainwashing on him because he was kind of pro-Superman right. at that point. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But that would, yeah. that would be part of the turn, you know, basically. Yeah, I think through bringing him back, you can do whatever you want with his brain and just have okay. him be, at first he he is scene at like at the very beginning it's like oh my god it's that guy he's back and all of a sudden he like kills a dude and you're like oh my god you know yeah and he, and he can see is he yeah so like it, people... i just don't see him as that intimidating like physically christopher maloney i don't know he's have you rough. seen a lot of the uh, wet hot american that show that he was on he was crazy well, he's, but he, was he's, he's, he seems intimidating like like vocally but I mean, I guess I just saw the the Scrubs episode where he's the p- pediatrician with the puppets. But uh, oh, yeah, no. yeah, not don't watch Scrubs and then. <laughs> <laughs> but we're putting but armor honestly, on him, honestly, Jeff. Jeff. In in uh, what's the show? A uh, Law and Order. In Law and Order, he is like Mister Intimidation. It's not just his voice. He like he's yeah. the guy who's brought in to intimidate. And he an wigs hero, out like, on that show a lot. Like, uh, I think he could totally. Well, well he's a cyborg too. Yeah, so we're going to do like, a lot of motion capture yeah. and CGI with him. Right. About casting for cyborg. So, were we? Are we going with Terry? <laughs> we we love no, 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 no. That was John Henry Irons. Sorry, my right. bad. Yeah. No, cyborg is Ray Fisher, the guy that they've cast for. So Batman you're just Superman. sticking with their casting, okay? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, is there really anybody else then? Is, is I mean, who? What else about is his running with? mate? Oh, his running mate. We're going with Oliver Queen. Yeah, or the guy that's running against him is Oliver Queen. Well, we well then that was the question: Is it Oliver Queen or is it John Henry Irons? Um, I like Oliver Queen. I think Oliver Queen's a good that way tie it all in together. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I, I guess because I mean, if we are still ramping up towards Justice League, then I think that does help. Um, if we're kind of staying self-enclosed in the Superman universe, then I think doing doing the Steel guy would make more sense that way. Yeah, well, we can go Steel. 
Yeah, I, I kind of lead more towards him just from the perspective of, again, it's kind of a nod to Superman mythology, but he doesn't doesn't distract because everybody knows Arrow now. Everybody knows Oliver Queen, yeah. and they're expecting so much from it. But if you just put John Henry Irons in there, the people that know, know. The people who don't can appreciate it later if he does become Steel <laughs> in later right. films. You know, Or if they saw the right. Shaquille O'Neal film, they'll be like, oh, oh, dear. So <laughs> I, I don't know well, that guy. Probably... What, uh, who would we cast as him? They'll probably search for it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who would just be... My uh, first thought, although I don't have any idea about anything else he's capable of, because it sounds ridiculous, uh, Isaiah Mustafa, that's the guy that's the Old Spice guy. <laughs> well, Terry Crews is an Old Spice guy too, right? So exactly, he's the other Old Spice guy. You gotta believe it, yeah. Oh, that was the look at the horse. Now look at me. Exactly. That guy. Well, he and he is he is a, a likable looking guy. Like Terry Crews is funny, thought. but he's kind yeah. of funny looking and, and like yeah, he's got an extreme look to him. That guy is more kind of just natural, all American, good looking guy, right? So exactly. I could go Very with that. Yeah. I, again, old, I don't know. I mean, apparently he's a former NFL player, so mm. I think all he's done is those commercials. So I don't know if he's capable of. Well, he wouldn't be doing much. Yeah. I mean, he's just a he's smiling just a and waving candidate. Yeah. <laughs> but it is also hopefully to build on more for later. You know, yeah. you know, reintroducing him or whatever. I mean, they made Dolph Lundgren into many, oh. many different iterations of movies. So I mean, should, but I, I'm <laughs> Was sure. He an old Spice guy? No, <laughs> he's a Hulu guy now. <laughs> yeah. He should be now, though. I feel like that would be a good string of commercials. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren for Old Spice. Uh, all right. Well, uh, is there anybody else we think we're missing? I, I think we only had a few new characters in there. No, so. I think that'd do it. Yep. That does it. With that, get ready to see Superman. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We hope you were super entertained. We hope you'll be back for more next week. And, uh, I mean, we... The train's not stopping anytime soon, folks. So just just know that we're going to be here. We got uh, we got a lot of more uh, movies on the docket here. You could again, check the website for the episode schedule to see what's coming up next. We do try to get these out weekly. Sometimes it's bi-weekly, so bear with us. But we do have bonus episodes that we're throwing out here and there to you as well. So just stay tuned. Get involved, whichever is your social media platform. Get on there so we can, uh, can keep you up to date as to what's to come. Um, and we're, we're also looking forward to your suggestions. If there's a movie you think is worthy and we haven't covered it yet, let us know. But if you want to make sure, just go back and listen to the old episodes. Check out Indiana Jones. Check out Beetlejuice. Numbers. That was such a tease. <laughs> Beetlejuice, they came out, they confirmed yeah. a Beetlejuice 2 in the works. And then the next day they were like, eh, no, it's not happening. So officially okay. our, our pitch is the official, the yeah. official Beetlejuice <laughs> 2 as of right now. We win. Official? <laughs> hey, nobody Officially unofficial. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So check it out. But uh, until next time. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to <laughs> leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. There we go. Ta-da! <laughs> Sheer brilliance. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest P.O.D. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. 
For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest POD are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. And I'm Super Adam. But uh, anyway, the, the, the Superman series of films. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're so clever that we just... Was that a ju- pause for applause? <laughs> thank you, thank you.